This call is being recorded. Good evening. This is Locked On Browns, your daily podcast. Coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First and foremost, I just uh, wish everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Small, large, whatever. I hope you had some, found some way to enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, three games of football, food, all that good stuff. Uh, we tried to get something up last night. Um, emotionally and draining day. And by the time I got back here with the girls, my wife was working last evening. Just, just wasn't in the cards and didn't want to fake it. Essentially, in the words of you know, in the words of someone, just didn't want to fake it. Back here today, ready to give you guys your pregame locked on Browns as the Browns head on down to Pittsburgh. And let's not kid ourselves, guys. This is a big one in more ways than one. From Browns Maven, SI.com, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts, biggest stories, Cleveland Brown wise, on your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, I do want to mention this here, Pete. Um, David Blau. I mean, look, we, we kind of mentioned it, but go get it, kid. Uh, look, if anything, bought yourself a little bit of time in this league yesterday. Sure, he'll uh, he'll he'll be a nice little backup. I mean, he he did well for himself. He did more than enough to win. Uh, honestly, uh, other than Kenny Galladay, there were some times where he, he needed more help from his teammates and didn't get it. But uh, yeah, pretty sad. Well. Uh, I think I think he's better than was better yesterday than Mitch Trubisky, which I don't know what that says. Uh, but at the very least, he should secure himself a job for a while, whether it's with Detroit or somewhere else. Uh, that's you know, there's a reason we liked him. As a practice squad guy, you know, I didn't love the idea of using a, a roster spot on a third-string quarterback. So uh, the Browns ultimately found a way to do that, to, to avoid it. Uh, but they then they traded and swapped seventh-round picks with the Lions. So uh, he was a guy I think that you can uh, develop into a nice backup quarterback. I don't think starting long-term is on the cards for him, but uh, he can have a nice long career. Uh, and look, and we've talked about this with many guys. Look, sometimes you're in a lot more advantageous situation to be the guy rocking the baseball cap than to ultimately being the guy. Um, just one more thing here on yesterday. And guys, stop worrying about what the hell the Buffalo Bills are doing. You can't control it. Stop. You know, I see a lot of Browns fans getting in bad moods due to the fact of whatever the Buffalo Bills are doing. You just can't let it happen, Pete. Look, you got to play out the string play the games that are in front of you. It's it's way too early with uh, with five to play to be worried about what the hell the Buffalo Bills are doing. Well, I mean, I'm not – I wouldn't say worrying about the Buffalo Bills, but they are in commanding position to take one of those uh, wildcard berths. And if they, they, they still have a, a shot to win the division, theoretically. I don't think it's likely to happen, but – uh, if they win one of their remaining four, they're, they're, they've all but locked up a spot. Um, whether they do that or not remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, ultimately, it just makes the Browns' path, which is tough already, a little, slightly more difficult, but it doesn't change the equation. If you win all five, you're going to get in. If you win only four, uh, it's going to be iffy. If you lose anything more than that, you're not going anyway. So, it, for the Browns, uh, three in a row is good. If they beat the Steelers tomorrow or uh, Sunday, they will uh, have a a you know be be in a pretty good spot to maybe get in there. And if they do, great. If not, 
they have nobody to blame but themselves because they start put themselves in the position of being two and six. Uh, exactly. I mean, look and worry about the Browns winning. That's the that's what you can do, and you know, don't get caught up in it. And uh, Jason Garrett, whatever you're, whatever I, I'd put the four uh, I'd put the four sales sign in front of the house myself. Uh, it's over. It's done. And Jerry Jones giving that SpongeBob meme of "Yeah, I'm gonna head on out." Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw all you need to see there. Uh, the night game, Pete. Two takeaways: the onside kick was just incredible to watch, and number two, the Falcons. Oh boy, I have no idea where the Falcons go from here because they pretty much handled this off season like, "All right, this is all we needed. We just needed a couple of things. We're gonna be right back in the swing of things." And you're 10 times worse than you were last year. So uh, the outside kicks were really impressive. Uh, it also at least raises the possibility maybe the outside kick isn't dead. Uh, and it was by virtue of basically kicking different spots than the traditional spot, which is. Yeah, almost you know, some down the middle type of stuff or, you know, like a little bit off center. Yeah. I mean, it's at least interesting. People are coming up with ideas on how to try to address it. Obviously, the Browns tried to uh, put the ball flat like that and had uh, had the had, I think it was Jamie Gillen trying to kick it. Uh, oh, yep, yep, did a drop kick. Yeah, was uh, essentially, you know, making it unclear which way they were going to go, lining up even both sides and basically picking the side they thought was most vulnerable. Uh, again, it's you know it's interesting. I'm not sure how far this goes, but it was really impressive. Uh, you know the uh, the the Yale kid uh, was outstanding on those. Uh, whose name I don't remember. It starts with an O. Uh, it uh, was a Ola, guy. Olawango, something of that nature. Yeah, I don't. That's not even close. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he uh, he was a nice little prospect coming out. And he got his hands on both kicks uh, and was able to sort of deflect those to, to be able to get to the football, which is uh, a big deal. So, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting from that standpoint. The Falcons are soft. They are a soft football team. They have no toughness. Um, obviously, they uh, tried to draft offensive linemen, and that's smart. I think, I think they got a really good one uh, in, in the, the right guard. Uh, they took 15th overall. We'll see how far that goes, but they have real problems with toughness. I mean, they, 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 the saints were able to just bully them most of the game. And, and Deion Jones, who's a pretty solid linebacker uh, is, you know, guys are on top of him before he even has a chance and he's suddenly running and chasing from behind. So the Falcons have been weak in the trenches for a couple of years. Uh, you know, they're, they're hoping they get development out of the two guys they drafted last year, but they need to get, continue to improve in that area. And, and Matt Ryan somehow makes himself look like the least athletic person on the planet. He's not that awful. And yet he looks so awkward, unbalanced and, and fragile. He looks like he's, he looks, he plays like he's Tom Brady's age, but Tom Brady moves better than he does, uh, which is is becoming an issue in the NFL. Uh, too many teams can have guys that can at least get to that spot uh, and sort of knock him down, and it make it, it makes it a little more challenging. But uh, obviously, they didn't have Julio Jones, and that was a, a struggle for them. The Saints, uh, they are they are very good. Um, 
they have a real shot to to you know potentially get to the Super Bowl. We'll see how far it goes, but uh, they were they were impressive for most of that game. I think the thing with the Saints is is you know you're going to want as many of these games as possible in January in New Orleans. Um, usually, just usually they just play better there, and with a quarterback at Drew Brees' age, obviously you want to keep those games indoors as possible. But I mean, defensively they were just I mean beating the offensive line. Uh, the Falcons running backs were just literally getting stoned and crushed by blitzers. Uh, guys, now we'll get you to your pregame. But uh, look, I mean, three three games yesterday. And obviously, Peter, Pete, you know, and I, we were around to see all three of them. So thoughts on that. Congratulations, David Blau. Always like to see a kid, you know, find his mark here. In the league, we'll get you here to Steelers offense, Browns defense, as we roll on through your luck on Browns pregame show. DoorDash looks a day after Thanksgiving. Everybody's lazy. Weekend's coming. Uh, most people spent all about, what, 36, 48 hours cooking, prepping for the Super Bowl of eating and cooking. That is Thanksgiving. Treat yourself with the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you, whether it's local restaurants, whether it's franchise restaurants, with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first 15, uh, their order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, whether it's Apple, whether it is Google, go ahead, check it out. Um, if you're listening on the go, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Check out all the fabulous deals from all our wonderful sponsors, and we could not be more appreciative of all of them. Pete, it's, uh, in a word, it's duck hunting season. We're going to find out the everything, the ins and outs. Of the man, the myth, Delvin Duck Hodges, uh, Juju Smith, uh, Juju, no Juju, uh, James Connor, doubtful on a Friday. Um, it's going to come down to their call. It looks like Pete, very similar to that Thursday night game. I don't know if they want to put themselves in a position where they trot him out there, and it's a series and a half, and now they're there. So, I, for me personally, I think I think Connor is going to be a no go. Which brings us to the Benny Sm- Benny Snells of the world. And we're talking Deion Kane, who, you know, has been in Pittsburgh for a hot minute. Washington, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, no Marcus Pouncey, obviously for the Steelers. Uh, look, Pete, on paper, the only issue I see is where this game is being played. Because, look, even without Miles, there may be the possibility of Olivier. I, I, I don't know that this team can muster more than. 13, maybe 10, 13, 15 points? So um, the Steelers' offense, I don't know where it's going to come from. Um, they, you know, they're down their two most explosive offensive weapons. I don't, I don't think James Conner has a chance of playing. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think uh, he has any interest. I don't think they have any interest in him. That's a done deal, even if they aren't admitting it. As, as I think Greg Robinson's a done deal. He's not playing. Um, but uh, that becomes a question. Can the Browns generate enough pressure? Uh, Marquise Ponte being out is a very small hit for them. B.J. Finney's more than capable. And the rest of their offensive line is more than, more than fine. They're, they're a pretty good unit. So uh, if Vernon can, can contribute, that makes a big difference. Otherwise, you need... Uh, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, the general pressure. Otherwise, Devlin Hodges can sit back there and wait for his pretty bad receivers to go down the field. 
<laughs> again, I, I look for Greedy Williams to hopefully have a you know have have that game where he sort of finds his footing because the last time the Steelers were, were, were in Cleveland, he was giving up all kinds of yardage to Johnny Holton through penalties and all all kinds of other things. Um, the the worry for the Browns is you know it, it seems like it's going to be Justin McRae, uh and Chris Hubbard on the edges trying to block T.J. Carey. He's going to be going up against Hubbard and uh, and uh, Bud Dupree going up against uh, Justin McRae. And Dupree is not a great player by any stretch, but he'll take advantage of a bad player. And if McRae plays anything like he did the last time he's in there, he will be. Uh, he could have a big contribution, and if they can generate a turnover or two, that's that would be enormous. Uh, they're, they're a momentum team a little bit, and and their success has largely been built on the fact that their defense has been able to cause turnovers. If Browns can protect the ball, they'll be in good shape. If not, yeah. Um, on the defensive side of the ball here, Pete. Look, um, I think you got to kind of handle this exactly how Wilkes handled Mason Rudolph the first time. Uh, you know, you let him get to the line, what or obviously, you know, from the gun, let him see a lot of shit. Um, you know, have everybody closer to the line, start dropping guys off, start bringing guys up. Uh, look, you don't have Pouncey here making the calls, not that it, you know, as you mentioned, not that his replacement is a slouch here, but now it's you know, he's now going to be the center for it's going to be a different quarterback this week. Obviously, they you know, played most of the second half, uh, you know, with Doc Hodges, uh, De- uh, Devlin Hodges last week. Keep mixing this up here. Look, Devin Hodges hasn't seen a lot here in the NFL. You want constant. You know, I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, disguising your blitzes, whether it's disguising your coverages, you, you know, and w- Wilkes, and to his credit, I mean, we have really warmed up to him and what he's done. And you know, week in, week out, we talk about the fact that it's all right. Well, just let me know what bodies I got here. All right. We're going to sit down here. We're going to put together a plan. Let's see who we're going against. Uh, whether it's Jared Goff, who at the time was actually playing pretty well before he went into the absolute tank in November. But it's what you got to do here. Keep a lot of guys closer to the line of scrimmage. As you get closer to snap, start you know getting into what it is, your actual coverage and the actual assignments. Um, Joe is, as always, probably the most intelligent guy in the field. If you feel that there's going to be advantages where Joe can dupe this kid, whether it's in coverage, which shows with four interceptions over the last couple of weeks, whether it's with blitzing, whether it's putting him on an edge like you saw against Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, you just got to make sure, you know, everybody talks about the Sam Darnold, the Monday night game against the Patriots where it was, I'm seeing ghosts. That's essentially what you want to do to this kid. You want him to have no idea what the hell he's seeing to the last split second. He doesn't have enough experience. Sure. Uh, you know, you are, I mean, Mike Tomlin has set the, uh, set goals very, very reasonable. Um, they, he wants to not get killed by his quarterback. Doesn't mention anything about making plays. Just don't get, don't get us killed. And that's why they bench Mason Rudolph. So they are all but saying that uh, they are, are just looking to protect the football, play defense, Hopefully they get put in a couple of nice positions they can take advantage of and they win that way. Um, not to say they, they won't try to let Devlin Hodges make plays. It's just that's the bar. Don't get us killed. And the Browns are obviously going to do their best to make sure that they are doing just that. And if they can 
create a turnover or two and potentially capitalize on those, they can put this game away. If if they can't, you know, they're, they're going to be in a situation where they were uh, the last time before, you know, they, they closed it out where they're, they're letting a team hang around and they can potentially lose because they haven't gotten the job done. That's, that's something they have to avoid. Uh, they, they've only really put away the Dolphins so far, so they need to, you know, actually get in the position to take a team out and then do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, you know, like, like closing out a set at the gym. I mean, this is look, this is extremely winnable. It's extremely attainable. Go out, get it done. And, and Pete, here's the other thing. You know, look, it's we know it's going to be chippy. And this is going to be huge for, and we've talked about this earlier in the week, this is going to be huge for both head coaches is, look, nobody's going to change the fact of what happened on Thursday Night Football. And this is kind of what you got to tell your players is, and look, this game for Pittsburgh and for Cleveland, it's essentially your season in a handbag. So here's the deal. I don't give a crap what happened 16, 17 days ago that night. Let it go. Don't worry about it. Do not be the schmuck who cost your team 15 yards in what is both teams' most critical game of the year. Well, I mean, you don't want to do it all misted and, uh, you know, score what should be a game-time touchdown and, and uh, get caught peeing on something. Yeah, trying to pay homage to DK Metcalf, uh Try to imitate the bulldog, the Mississippi State bulldog peeing. Get a 15-yard penalty. Have the kicker miss the extra point, and as a result, lose the game. Um, if, you know, every coach, every coach at any level of football loves that moment. Other than the, you know, Mississippi, all misses head coach because they can use that as a talk, easy talking point. But that is, you know, a very public, easy way to sort of reinforce this thing is you know, those are game losing penalties and, and it doesn't take anything that public to do it. Uh, but, you know, it could be a 15 yard penalty somewhere in the middle of the field or, or, or just something stupid that uh, costs you a football game. And it's going to be, it's going to be paramount for both coaches, you know, Mike Tomlin and look, I mean, and he's kind of in a weird situation in a weird spot. You know, he's had a lot of success there. Obviously he had a nice long run there, but you know, right now the team's at a crossroads. I mean, you, you moved on from star players at wide receiver at running back. Um, you know, and Ben is at the age he's at. Um, look, nobody needs – neither one of these franchises need a second black mark from games with each other. So uh, just praying and hoping that uh, the only thing we're talking about Sunday is game action. and Because as great as that Thursday night game was – yeah, it, it, when Pete and I finally got set, sat down, sat down to do this, it was, it was tough. It was really tough because, it just turned into the ugliest of ugly. The folks over at Away, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For twenty dollars off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com/lockedon and use the promo code L O C K E D O N. All lowercase, no space during checkout. Listening on the go. As you know, go to lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Check out the offers from all the sponsors here at the Locked On Podcast Network. The folks over at away.com, we appreciate you. Again, promo code 
all lowercase, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Pete, offensively, look, this was kind of, um, you know, obviously they had played well, but, I mean, they got into that Thursday night game. They hit Odell early. The offense kind of went a little bit away after that. It slowed down as the game went on. Uh, running the ball, you kind of went with the grinded approach, you know, the Novocaine from Remember the Titans, just keep going, and then eventually you get some big runs, and it turns into an okay day. You saw a lot of Kareem Hunt, you know, a couple of big plays with Kareem Hunt as a receiver that day. Jarvis, which has kind of been a staple here. This secondary does not concern me. What concerns me, Pete, and I'm not so sure on the Greg Robinson thing, Pete, if they find some way, my thing is going, it's going to be tomorrow. If Greg, if we don't hear Greg Robinson's out of the protocol tomorrow through the walkthrough, then hell, he's not even going to be in Pittsburgh. That's not going to happen. But it seems like they've really got that door open. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it'll be McCray and, you know, fingers crossed, however that works out. But look, I mean, you've got, we've talked about this, Pete, and we still don't know one on David Njoku, which seems like the weirdest thing, unless this is like Freddie's playing like the hold card here, like, ooh, you know, I've got an ace in the hole and he's just going to drop that tomorrow. But either way, I mean, you've got, Odell Beckham, you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got Kareem Hunt, you have Nick Chubb, uh, you've got guys who can do some things at the tight end position, even if it's not David Njoku, they've got enough skill. Pete, we know what the issue is. The issue is going to be whether or not they're going to be able to pass block to let Baker do what he's got to do. But right now, his rhythm has been really reminiscent of that second half last year where it's see it, snap it, do it. And that's, I, I, you know, I'm feeling more confident. And this is kind of what we said last year. I mean, we did the, the Texans pregame show, and we were terrified to death. And he never even got sacked last year. I think he's pretty close back into that rhythm, obviously, with the, you know, with, with the amount of pressure the, the Steelers' defensive line can bring. And a lot more sacks happen in Pittsburgh for that defense than they do on the road. But if everything's in timing and in rhythm – it may not necessarily matter. Well, uh, so far in his uh, head coaching career, Freddie Kitchens has not played anyone that hasn't practiced on on Friday. Um, I think the Greg Robinson thing is entirely for the Steelers uh, to, you know, they have to prepare. That might be his other hold card is, well, I've got two. I'm going to drop this one, but this other one, yeah, I'm going to eat it. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's playing. I don't think they plan on him playing. Uh, you know, here Friday, uh, you know, if you don't practice on Friday, you know, that's it's rare that any coach plays you. Uh, but so far, it, again, it would be unprecedented, unprecedented uh, if uh, if if they played Robinson. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the the Steelers' corners haven't been very good. Uh, they 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 aren't likely to suddenly get better. Um, it's entirely about avoiding the critical mistake. Uh, Mickey Fitzpatrick, obviously a very good player. You've got guys like Devin Bush uh, who, who can at least take advantage of mistakes. So it, it becomes about making sure you're right about what you're seeing, not getting fooled about things and not assuming anything, and just executing uh, the offense on time. And if you can do that, you're, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Gut feeling. You think David Njoku's out there Sunday? Uh, yes. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I definitely think. And, uh, you know, look, Farrell Brown, that, this could be the end. And we you know, we talk all about, you know, the offensive line. You know, I'm assuming this puts Lamb as eligible. He's been inactive for a while. If, if there is no one, Greg Robinson, obviously that means Kendall Lamb's going to suit up. It's got to be who the hell is going to play tackle, Pete. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to be Justin McCray. I, I I would be stunned if they don't go in the joke at this point. If they don't, they have to activate him next week. Uh, you know, if, if you're, I don't know. They keep saying it's like they're, they're they keep referencing it like it's the wrist. I think it's about conditioning, and he's had time. So again, I don't I don't think it's likely that it's going to be. Uh, out with him again, and and God knows they can use him, especially in the red zone. It's it, it's a nice little option to have. There's look, it's it, it's kind of be it, it's needed. Um, maybe you don't dress for running backs, which is a possibility. Uh, Dearness Johnson, no offense to you. Maybe you're out. Maybe it is four tight ends because they like to mix and match, and they kind of like the fact that you know, what Seals Jones brings. You know, you know, obviously they're in love with Harris for. A little bit more than most of us are. Uh, you know, Carlson's kind of finding a nice little role here and doing a little bit on special teams. So you could see four tight ends and maybe only three running backs. Pete, if the Browns win on Sunday, it will be because of what? Yeah, again, it comes down to uh, controlling the turnover differential. They've been great on that front. Uh, they have. They have not won a game where they've been negative on turnovers. They've either tied or been positive. And uh, the last couple of games, they've been uh, higher with that. So if they win the turnover battle or they at least draw even, I think they'll be fine. I think they will win. What gives me confidence in this one, Pete, is in it seems weird to say because Freddie and Monken, and that's what you got to know. But I, I – each week, my confidence level grows more in what Steve Wilkes can do with this defense. Um, and I'll be honest. Look, um, Olivia Vernon, he's been out there for three straight days. And what you see in the limited tiny bit of what you see is him being a pass rusher. Um, I, 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 I'm tending towards – well, we'll go this way. Gun to your head. Do you think Olivia Vernon plays Sunday? Uh, I do. Uh, they – Listening to them talk about it, they sounded at least cautiously optimistic that he was going to play. I think part of this is, look, if you went three days in a row, that tells you whatever the issue is. And normally one of the things you're looking for here is swelling. Um, And look, they really have not even told us what's wrong with him, which is the weirdest aspect of it. But it's swelling. But if he can go out there three straight days, as long as he makes the flight out there without an issue, because there is sometimes some injuries have an issue you know, get, you know, getting on the plane and that type of stuff. And, it, you know, we, we, we heard this with Higgins when he went out to San Francisco, obviously Pittsburgh is a much shorter one, but this really seems like one Pete where it's Vernon's going to play and, you know, they're, they're going to cross their fingers and hope for the best. And if they can get, like we had mentioned earlier in the week, even if it's only 15, 20 reps, they'll be okay with it. But there's just too much on the line this week. And if you're going to roll the dice, uh, you may as well because look, I mean, you you don't you want to win. I mean, you want to win, obviously, but you know you don't want to lose. You know, 
if he can make one play, if he can even make two plays, that's enough. It, it should be enough when you're playing a team's third-string quarterback. You're playing without a team's wide receiver one. You're playing without a team's running back number one. You're playing without the opposing offense's offensive center. One, even one play, maybe two from Olivier Vernon. That should be enough with the rest of what you're going to bring on defense to this game. Again, you're hoping that if he can contribute at all, he can give you a pass rush. And if he can give you a pass rush, that's what you need. And if it creates a situation where he makes the play or somebody else does as a result, that could be the difference between winning and losing, uh, whether it's, you know, killing a possession, if it's causing a turnover, whatever. Those are plays that the Browns need uh, because they could help win the game. All right, Pete, we get the gut check time. When we sit down Sunday and discuss this Browns-Steelers game, did the Browns win it? The Browns lose it. Um, I think they'll win it. If not now, you know, if they can't beat this Steelers team, I don't know when they'll have a better opportunity. Uh, Again, they're they're backup quarterback. They're missing two of their top offensive weapons. The Browns, Greg Robinson would not be great until not happen, but they've got enough where I think they can win. All they need to do is continue what they've been doing offensively. And it's, you know, it's rhythm and timing. And that that's, Finally, what we're starting to see a, and it's not just the Raven game. Now you're starting to see a flow of it. And I don't care who the opposition is. And like I told you all earlier, you know, Buffalo, you know, they're good against that defense and some other teams have had an issue with it. It seems like everything's, I don't want to say everything is, but it seems like it's clicking much better offensively, Uh, you know, secondary wise, um, you know, you're going to miss some of these pieces, but you still have what was supposed to be three quarters of your starting secondary. You still have Joe Schobert, who is, you know, the stir that, you know, the straw that mixes the drink here on defense. I think this is a game they can win by double digits. I I really do. Um, Let's just hope those, you know, flat tires, those, you know, lay an egg type of freaking performances are a thing in the past. And even if this, even if you win this game, and Pete, it doesn't, you know, this team doesn't get to a playoff wild card opportunity. We we spent so much time on it. This is huge. You need to be able to prove that you can go to that building versus that team and get a damn W. Well, yeah, I mean, look, winning obviously gives you the opportunity to compete uh, for for a spot at a wild card. But uh, there's no question that. Winning that game is big for for this organization. It's big for uh, this fan base, even if it's not as important as it, for the players. I mean, don't get me wrong; it matters. Uh, getting that winning mindset against anybody is is important and valuable. Uh, but uh, it's not, you know, it's not a situation where if if they win it, it's like it makes the season, you know, a, a success. It just doesn't. It doesn't quite work that way. It would be good. It would be, you know, they can't lose this if they want to keep competing. That matters. They they have to win it from that standpoint. But I don't look at this and go, well, if they win this and then let's say they go eight and eight, it's going to be a successful season. Like you have to, you have to put yourself in there, you know, going nine and seven or better. 
to to at least be able to talk. I mean, the, the playoffs were the expectation. Not getting there would be disappointing, but 500 would simply not be good enough. So everything about beating the Steelers matters. The, you know, for these players, you know, the 30 years doesn't matter. You know, it's 1988. None of them were born yet, so who cares? But it, it's important just in terms of, the mindset you want to have competing in this division for, you know, the rest of this year and next year when you are trying to sort of continue winning in that front and taking away that confidence is important. Uh, no doubt. And for Freddie Kitchens, uh, this would be a, another positive in your resume builder about going into a possible year or two here. Getting a win down there certainly, certainly would help. He is at underscore Pete Smith underscore. At Browns Maven on Twitter, SI.com. Check out all the fabulous work Pete and his team's got going on over there. The show itself, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Always follow back. Me personally, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Throw a follow over there. Make sure we're fo- you guys are following us everywhere. Guys, iTunes, ring reviews. Please help us out over there. They're always appreciated and very, very thankful for you guys for all that you do here. And for everybody along on this ride along with us, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Go down to Pittsburgh and get a goddamn win. Win this game. Let's get this final four off the stinking rails. Let's have a lot of fun with it here. Let's have a fun freaking December. And just like we did last year, let's go, let's go, let's go. With that being said, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.